The biggest talking points in the world of racing, with some of the biggest names in the game having their say. This is Track Talk on Bensley. Join the chat by texting through on 0499 736 736. Yes, we love your involvement on the text. And this morning, we're looking at the big group ones, the Caulfield Guineas and the Spring Champion. And uh, first up, we welcome Josh Rodder from the Melbourne Racing Club. Josh, the first day of the Cup Carnival, it's so exciting. And we'll get to Josh in a moment. Let's go to Dean Evans. He's joining us uh, to give us the latest, of course, from Winning Edge. Morning to you, Dean. I reckon we've got a problem with our computer system there this morning. They're both there. They're both sitting there. Uh, but I'm not too sure whether they've uh, whether they can hear us. Josh Rodder, can you give us an indication on your side if you can hear us? No, he can't hear us. All right, so our apologies. They're both sitting there. We'll get to the guys in just a moment. Let's have a look at the market for these two races that we're going to discuss. Uh, the uh, Caulfield Guineas, of course, is... Uh, the big race at Caulfield and uh, just getting the markets up here on Bet365. As it stands right now, uh, they're rebuilding the market. Uh, let's have a look at the spring champion, of course, in Sydney, where head of state is right now $4.20. Profondo at $3.40. Uh, we've got Benno at $12. And down the bottom, never been kissed the filly, $4.60. Also, Chill at 17 and Baloo at 21, who's drawn a nice barrier for Stuart Kendrick. Righto, we're going to try again and see whether it works. Josh Rodder, good morning. Good morning, Andrew, and good morning to all the listeners in the land of SEN Track. A beautiful morning has dawned here in Melbourne, and uh, it's Guineas Week, only two more sleeps. And Dean Evans from Winning Edge, good morning to you. Morning, Andrew, and good morning, Josh. Looking forward to some uh, absolutely brilliant racing coming up this weekend. Well, the key to Caulfield is the uh, prospect of uh, no more rain. Only four mil has fallen in the last 24 hours. Jason Kerr saying all the rain's gone uh, that was forecast today and tomorrow and maybe a shower on Saturday, Josh. So I think there would have been a few trainers that would have been looking for maybe the sting out of the track and maybe, you know, it's a good four come Saturday. Yeah, I, th I think it's perfect ground, Andrew, for all runners on Saturday. This Caulfield track has never been in better order. Jason Kerr, Greg Groves and the team have done a wonderful job. Um, and it's important to remember we, we're going to this Guineas meeting with one less meeting. Uh, previously, it was the Rupert Clark back up into the Underwood Stakes and then a fortnight into uh, this uh, Guineas meeting, our, one of our premier meetings of the year. So it's had one less meeting on it. Um, we were true on Memsey Day, six at Rupert Clark, back into the true. And as I said, it's in fantastic order. It's really healthy. All the jockeys that rode on the course proper on Tuesday and track work commented on how good order it's in. So, yeah, I, I think um, we got enough rain and uh, I think the track will be cherry ripe on Saturday, Andrew. Okay, so let's get some thoughts on, on the runners, guys. Dean, I'll come to you first. Uh, it seems to be Animo versus Artorias. But is there something else that you're also looking at? Absolutely. I think there's actually a, an open betting race. I've got, uh, I've got some concerns about, about the favourites here. Um, you know, Animo's a high-quality colt, obviously, second in the slipper, won the pro size produce, and then, you know, was a good second in the Golden Rose. But he finds a lot of challenges to win this race from a historical perspective. Only one horse has won this race in the past 10 years, third up. Uh, and that was the Autumn Sun, and he was coming off a, 
a mile run as a two-year-old in the winter and then a 1500 meter first up run and then and then won the golden rose whereas animo was sort of he was spelled after the size produce he was given a decent spell he had a bit of a setback won the run to the rose and then uh and then ran second in the golden rose but it's very difficult to win this race third up historically um you know he's also drawn 15 only one horse has won from wider than barrier eight in the past 10 years and that horse led all the way uh, he's never run past 1400 which is actually a negative um historically for this race most winners have, have run past 1400 before uh it just matched to get well back from a wide draw which is tough over this track and trip so sort of on all the historical profiling for the race that i've done it's actually a very very difficult race for animo to win so what about Artorias then? Is the uh, the other thing uh, barrier two? It has to be a plus off what you've just said. Yeah, look, the barrier is a, a plus. Um, you know, he ran the fourth quickest last eight hundred of the day in the Golden Rose, which was a good run. Um, he, he's had the right prep for this, but he, he still maps to get a long way back on his natural speed. Um, he's never run past fourteen hundred meters before. And interesting, you know, hearing from the Freedmans that they were still a bit up in the air even before the golden rose over whether the horse would run a strong mile uh so you know i've certainly got arturius ahead of, of animo and i'd be looking to save on him at, at the current market prices but um you know i i don't see this as a two horse race i think uh, both of those favorites have some uh some question marks. We'll expand on on those other horses in just a moment with you, Dean. Um, we love our different points of view on Track Talk. Josh, uh, what's yours on these two favourites? Oh, I agree uh, totally. I think Artorias um, has had the perfect preparation. Obviously, the team Friedman, they're fantastic grand final trainers. And I think if any uh, jockey, jockey booking could have been made, I think Damien Lane is the perfect rider for this horse. He's a beautiful rider of these horses that get back in the field and he really knows how to find the gaps at the right times in these big races. Um, I also believe from barrier two, um, if you go back through some of the Guineas replays, you know, Michael Walker on um, Mighty Boss got back and sort of found that run through the field and finished strongly. And Ole Kirk, even last year, probably set a little bit closer through the early stages, but Willie Pike was able to weave through and finish strong. So I think if Damien Lane can find the right bums at the right stage um, from barrier two and just settle probably a couple of pairs closer than he has has been at the mile, um, the way he finished off, you know, his sectionals in the Golden Rose, a fast run 1,400, and he's finished in the Blue Diamond Stakes, I think he's going to be aw- awfully hard to hold out, Altoria. So I'm leaning his way over Animo. Obviously, from barrier 15, uh, as Dan said, um, you know, it's interesting in the Guineas, they haven't been able to win from wide. If you go back through the Turak at the same start, there's been several winners from wide barriers. So I think for Damien Oliver, he's probably going to make a decision whether he, he necks him at the start, goes back and rides for luck, or he rolls the dice and tries to find a bum, maybe three wide with cover. Um, I'd be leaning more. His winning chance would be if he's able to find um, a back of a horse probably three wide with cover and have a couple of pairs behind him and have Artorias back in behind him. So it'll be interesting tactically. Andrew, I think we spoke during the week, Damien Oliver rode Testarossa when it was the two-horse war between he and Jay Cassidy on Redoute's Choice. Uh, could we see a bit of cat and mouse with Animo and Artorias on Saturday? But I agree with Dan. I don't think it's a two-horse race. I think they're the best two Colts on form. Um, but 
you know, as we know, you do need luck in these big races. And I think there are a couple of good value chances in the race. Okay, that's what I want to get to here, the values outside the obvious. So, Dean, uh, give us yours. Where are we going outside the two favourites? Look, I think from a historical perspective, you're looking for those really hard-fit horses who uh, who can run the mile. You know, eight of the ten winners, of uh, past ten winners have been fourth up. Eight of the ten have been within a 14-day break. Uh, all 10 of them ran in the first five at their last start. Uh, and usually it's either the Golden Rose, the Guinea's Prelude or the, uh, the Bill Stutt, which are the main lead-ups. Um, and nine of the 10 have been within barrier eight. So you, you want a horse who can run the mile, as, as ideally run over at least 1,500 before and is rock-hard fit. You know, one horse that ticks all those boxes is Tiger of Malay. He won the Group 2 size produce as a two-year-old and then third in the J.J. Atkins he won the up-and-coming first up with 61, and it was a close second in the Dulcify with a top weight. It was a good sort of solid fifth in the in the Golden Rose. It was run a pretty strong tempo. He's only beaten two lengths. It just pretty much ticks every box from a historical perspective. He's drawn one with Craig Williams aboard, um, and as long as, as the fence is okay, uh, you know, he, he rates probably as um, as one of the strongest dangers to, uh, to the top two. From your point of view, Josh, where are you looking at? I actually, I, I like um, a little bit outside the square, probably going away from those, you know, Sydney horses in that Queensland winter is a horse called Mr. Mozart. Now, I don't think he was probably Team Hawks' number one seed going into spring. Obviously, all the um, all the eyes are on Hilal, who probably hasn't um, lived up to expectations thus far this preparation. But I had a look at Mr. Mozart. I was at Caulfield Vane Stakes Day and, he looked like a horse that was going to improve with racing and getting up over a trip. Um, he didn't quite handle the corner there at Caulfield first up in the Vane Stakes, but his run was really good. Um, he hit the line well behind ingratiating. He was only beaten just over a length. And then in the McNeil, I think just put a line through that run. Um, again, they tried to sit him in the race and he was wide. He had no cover. He overdid it. Nothing went right. And then when Fred Kersley was aboard there at Flemington, which was probably his best run this time in on a big flat track, um, he was able to get that beautiful run behind the speed. He loomed up on the corner. And I thought his effort to hold off Artorias late, uh, who had him probably beaten at several stages in the straight, was a really brave effort. And then, of course, he's running the Bill Stutt. Um, he had to be used early to find that spot outside the leader. That was a run at the mile. So like Dan said, he's had proven that he'll run the 1600. And then he wanted to sort of drift off three wide. He let Prince Alexander up on his inside at a vital stage of the race. And it probably looked like he may drop off, but he was still there to be beaten late in the race. And it took a very big effort from Forgot You to run him down. Um, I think from the gate, he'll get a beautiful run just off the speed. And I think he'll look the winner at some stage, Mr. Mozart. Um, I think his tactical advantage plays a big part. And I think he's around 16 or $17. I just thought he was a nice each way play, play outside the square and with a different form line. His form ties in well through those Queensland horses. He's running the Bayou was very good and, that form ties in with Converge in the Brisbane winter. So I thought he was my value in the race, Mr. Mozart, Andrew. Okay, so there's two that the guys are thinking about, Tiger of Malay and Mr. Mozart. Uh, I'm just going to – you mentioned Forgot You in that, Josh. So, Dean, this horse always seems to have a flat spot within the race but then has the strength at the end. Any thought about Forgot You? Yeah, he's been impressive in both of his Mini Valley wins, reeling off some really nice sectionals. Um, he's had – has plenty of talent and he's been well prepped for this. 
Uh, I'd be really keen on him if he had drawn a gate. Um, you know, it's hard from barrier 16. I'm still going to be backing him because I'm, I'm treating this as a race where I'm quite happy to back a few uh, to beat the, the, the favourites. Uh, and, and I think it's sort of $18 is, is a nice price. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just the draw that makes it hard. And Josh, uh, Lightsaber is a horse that will have the moody touch. And this horse will put itself on the pace and... You know, you just never know with uh, with the combination of uh, of Moody and Luke Nolan. How do you see this horse? Yeah, he's very honest. Um, I can remember in the autumn him winning very well at Sandown and going on to win the size produce. Um, again, that that form ties in with Safe, who went up and um, won the Bayou. I, I I thought he had every possible chance in a probably a form race that may be just a level below the Guineas Prelude this year. Um, he rolled forward, was beautifully ridden there by Luke Nolan. I've got a question mark with him at a, at a strong 1,600 metres if they do run this along. Um, but as I said, he'll, he'll go forward, make his own luck. And, of course, Peter Moody and Luke Nolan, they've combined to so many big races successes at Caulfield, including a Guineas with an Achiever. So, um, you know, you can't write them off completely. But I just thought it might be a question the last 100 metres um, in a big mile. Okay. Anything else on the card, Josh, just before we let you go that our uh, listeners should be following come the weekend? Well, I think the, the one of the key races of the day is the final race of the day, the Herbert Power Stakes, Andrew. So obviously there's a few horses there eyeing off uh, exemption, ballot exemption into the Caulfield Cup. And I think one of the you know strong form races this spring heading into these middle distance staying races is the Naturalism Stakes. Um, that non-conformist one. We saw the form, Frank, last week with Grand Promenade and Charlie Rose. It was a really fast 2,000-metre race. Non-conformist is already in the race. He's going around in a final prep run of the Caulfield Stakes. But I thought the runner, Delphi, was outstanding in that naturalism stakes. I love the way he stretched his neck and hit the line. And I think he's clearly the horse to beat in the last race on the card, the Herbert Power Stakes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I thought, you know, it's going to be a great way to finish the day. It will be. Uh, Kieran Ma saying this morning that he'll look at the noms for the Coongee and then wake up, uh, I guess, uh, Saturday morning and decide whether Floating Artist lines up in the Herbert Power or waits for the Coongee. Uh, he wants to just give himself a couple of days. Josh, uh, thanks for coming on. Melbourne Racing Club, go to the website. Uh, we know that there's no crowds, but there's a lot of things that our uh, members and uh, listeners can get into. So check it all out on the Melbourne Racing Club website. Thanks for joining us this morning, Josh. Thanks for your time, Andrew, and your support of our Carlton Draft Caulfield Cup final. Good luck to all your listeners and uh, good luck to Dan. Good Cheers. on you. Uh, joining us there is Josh Rodder from the Melbourne Racing Club. So let's move to Ramwick now. The spring champion, uh, Dean, is on. We're talking with Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments. Uh, at this stage, Profondo, $3.40 at Bet365. Head of State at $4.20 and never been kissed at four sixty. What's your overview of the race, Dean? Look again, I'm, I'm against the favourite here. Uh, you know, Profondo is a million dollar yearling. He won on debut of a 1400, ran the fifth quickest last 800 of the day, and then was second to Heather State in the gloaming, where he was wayward in the flight and the straight. He was he's clearly a talented colt, but he, he sort of has some negatives. He comes here third up, uh, which is which is hard to do in this race. Um, uh, there's sort of been, only been two third up winners in the last 10 years. Uh, no horse in the last 10 years has won this race with less than four career starts, and he's only had two starts. Um, and nothing has won the last 10 years that, that didn't have a run as a two-year-old, and, and he hasn't. He only he sort of first had his first run in September. Uh, the rider hasn't won the, 
a group one winner. Um, and so just, just concerned with Profondo's inexperience and, and sort of surprised to see him come up favourite here, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, the one to beat undoubtedly is head of state. He's uh, an American pharaoh cult trained by Waller, ridden by James McDonald. He ran the third quickest last 800 of the day, went second at Kensington, then finished very strongly to run past Profondo and win the gloaming, running the sixth quickest last 600 of the day. Uh, look, he's a colt. He's fifth up. Uh, he won the gloaming last start. He's, he's coming here over a 14-day break um, and seven career starts. It basically, from a historical perspective, um, perfectly fits the mould of the winner of this race. And just with that Waller-J-Mac combo, I, I think he's really the, the one to beat and uh, he should be favourite. $4.22nd pick as I gave you behind Profondo. Has a filly like never been kissed uh, on history or the way that she won the flight stakes? Has she got a chance on Saturday? Yeah, she does. Three fillies have won this race in the past five years off a of flight stakes lead up. You know, it's a good, it's a good strong mile at Randwick lead up of a seven day backup and, and the fillies really appreciate it historically. She won that race, this track last week. There was no fluke in the effort. I thought she ran well. She comes here fifth up. Um, which is perfect, trained by Gay, and, and absolutely. Uh, I think she's one of only a sort of, uh, you know, a handful of winning chances in this race. Uh, can I ask you just on Profondo, uh, reaction to the barrier, in any way, given what Profondo wanted to do the other day with Head of State, wanted to get to that running rail, is the chance that the horse will be suited better by being outside the horses rather than being where it was the other day? Yeah, look, I think uh, it sort of maps to me to, to get a nice sort of 1-1 one, one run from that gate. So that's certainly going to be ideal for it. Um, you know, it was interesting. I thought they might have tried to put a little bit of gear on, but they've, they've mm. kept it uh, uh, just with the lugging bit, uh, which it's worn its first two starts. Um, look, I, I think you'll get a nicer run. I just uh, It's certainly going to be a, a mighty training effort if we get this horse to win at its third race start. Just that, that inexperience uh, compared to some some more seasoned types here over the 2000 third up. Uh, that's my concern with Profondo. Okay. So what you said about Profondo being inexperienced, is that going to be an issue, do you think, with Benno? Yeah, same issue. Uh, you know, he's a nicely bred horse, reliable man, and he looks like his, his uh, sire was uh, a high-quality horse. Again, I, I just can't back a horse in this race having its third start. You know, I think Benno, if they keep proceeding to, to a derby, they might be able to get enough runs into him to give him a chance there. But... Again, you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not keen on Benno just with the inexperience. The one I thought at, at, at big odds that was the best rough. He was potentially French Emperor. He was he was unlucky when he was a close third to on debut to Profondo. He bolted in by two lengths at Goldman. He ran the six quickest last eight hundred of the day. He was six dollars SP in the gloaming, uh, but the blinkers went on there, and and he just uh, sort of raced too fiercely in them, and then he got held up in the straight and just didn't really have any luck. They've, they've taken the blinkers back off here. David Payne's won this race twice in the last four years. Um, look, he's only had three career starts, uh, but at least he's had that one more run as grounding, and, and just at twenty six dollars, I thought French Emperor might just be the, the big improver and sort of the, the best rough free in the race. Yeah, around 26 and 550, the place is uh, French Emperor. And David Payne has the knack, hasn't he, as you've explained there, just to bring these horses forward. Just one final one as an overview from uh, Saturday. I think all of us want to see Zaki again. Uh, goes to uh, the might and power, smallish field, probabils there, homesman, one of the new horses. What do you want to see from Zaki from a Cox Plate point of view? Uh, look, I think he's um, he's just tracking along the right way. Uh, you know, I think I think you want to see him uh, extend 
a little bit better than he did in the Underwood. Um, you know, he was sort of second up there. He, he was tradesman-like. There was nothing hugely impressive in the sectionals, which I think was the only sort of concern with it, if you want to call it a concern. I think he's a high-quality horse. He's, he's possibly the best horse in Australia at the moment. Um, so, you know, I expect him to just go out and, and win again. But, you know, I'd like to just see him do a little bit more on the clock, uh, seeing as we're coming up, and, you know, only a couple of weeks out from a Cox Plate. We are uh, fascinating uh, viewing and listing for us uh, Saturday, it will be. So uh, running through that, Josh was Mr. Mozart and looking forward to Delphi. And from Dean, it was uh, Tiger of Malay and Forgot You at Odds. And certainly from a spring champion point of view, head of state and at the value French Emperor. And of course, you can get more by going to winningedgeinvestments.com. There's tips, there's ratings from professional punters throughout the spring. And of course, 1-800-858-858, gamble responsibly. But winningedgeinvestments.com. Thanks for joining us, Dean. We'll do it again uh, early next week. Sounds good. Thanks very much, Andrew, and uh, have a great weekend. Dean Evans joining us from Winning Edge.